Hey, this is Paul Tomko, and you're listening to episode 44 of The Anti-Aging Lifestyle. Look, you only get one shot at this thing called life. And your lifestyle, the decisions you make every day, are either making you age faster or slower. Anti-aging is my passion. My goal is to give you the tools to live a long, healthy life. And of course, make sure you look good along your journey. I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to use this podcast to help find those answers so we can all live our best life. Let's get started. Now, before we get started with today's episode, I do want to mention today's show sponsor, Swanson Health. Now, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you'll know that I only mention products that I actually use and stand behind. Swanson Health makes some amazing, high-quality supplements that are rigorously tested for purity and potency, all with a focus on improving your health. Now, while there's no need to get too crazy with the supplements, it is super critical to get the basics in, the most important supplements for your health. I talk about these on the show all the time. For example, vitamin D3 is huge. It's so important for just about everyone out there. The average person does not get enough natural sunshine year-round to maximize their vitamin D levels. It's just a fact. I mean, you need to have enough skin exposed during the right time of year and be living at the right latitudes just to get enough exposure, which is not easy to do. Then, of course, too much sun exposure can actually lead to premature aging, which we know. So the solution is to supplement with vitamin D. If your vitamin D levels are low, you're not going to be feeling as good. Your serotonin levels may be affected. Your mood and energy levels may suffer. Vitamin D also helps support bone growth and helps your body absorb calcium. So it's super important. I recommend vitamin D3, which is the most biologically active form, and I recommend 5,000 IUs a day. And it's super cheap. You can get uh, like a year supply for around $12 a year, and it's really a no-brainer. I also recommend supplementing with a high-quality fish oil, which can help support your cardiovascular health, so keeping your heart healthy. It's also going to support your brain health, so making sure your brain is provided with the right nutrients to stay healthy and maintain cognitive function as you age. And again, fish oil is not an expensive supplement. I normally take anywhere from two to three fish oil capsules a day, and it probably costs me a total of about two or three dollars a month, so it's not too expensive. Especially when you think about all the benefits that you're getting if you're not getting enough long-chain omega-3s in your diet. There's a huge difference between long-chain and short-chain omega-3s, which you may be getting from your flax seeds, your hemp hearts, or your walnuts. Again, there's no need to get crazy with endless supplementation, especially if you're not eating right and living right. But I highly, highly recommend getting those essential age fighters in each and every day to give you that extra edge. If you want to try any of Swanson Health's great products for yourself, you can use my code BEAUTY20. It's the word BEAUTY followed by the number 20, one word, for 20% off site-wide and free shipping on orders $50 or more on their website, swanson.com. All right, now for today's episode. Today, I want to do like a fun little rundown of all the things that you should be doing 
if you want to maintain a youthful appearance, visually, for as long as possible. Now, the face is the first thing that most people notice. It's kind of your business card in life. Oftentimes, when people focus on anti-aging efforts, it's because they're looking in a mirror and they start noticing lines and wrinkles that they didn't see before. Now, of course, before I get into this, I do have to mention a few things. In the big picture, and I'm talking big picture, how youthful your face looks is not that important, like, at all. It's more important that you're truly happy, enjoying your life. It's important that you're a good person, that you're treating others and yourself with respect. Also, in my opinion, I personally rank intelligence much higher than looks and physical beauty alone. Now, that being said, I also don't believe that you have to be one-dimensional in life. If we can, why not work to be the best person that we can be each day, to constantly train our brain so that we are smart, to train our body so that we're strong and healthy? And while we're at it, why don't we also take care of our appearance so that others find us more friendly or attractive? So that's where we are today. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast is already very kind and generous, smart, strong, healthy, happy, so we might as well keep our face looking youthful as well. All right, well, with that little disclaimer of perspective out of the way, let's go ahead and review the basics of what you should be keeping in mind if you want to stay looking youthful. Now, in no particular order, number one, sleep on your back. Now, when it comes to sleeping in the most optimal position for beauty sleep, the winner by far is sleeping on your back. Whenever you are not sleeping on your back and you have your face pressed into the creases of your pillowcase, you're going to be promoting the creation of wrinkles on your face over time. Sleeping on your back also has some nice extra benefits, such as being the most optimal for spinal alignment. For females, it's also the best position to prevent sagging breasts because you're not stretching that connective tissue overnight. You can also use some sleeping aid tools to make sleeping on your back more comfortable. For example, using a pillow wedge to sleep at an angle, which can help actually improve blood flow to your face and your head and prevent indigestion or heartburn from occurring. Also, if you snore, the pillow wedge can also help reduce that to help keep your partner happy, which is important. You can also throw a pillow under your knees to help take away some of the stress if you feel any in your low back. Now, if you love sleeping on your side, you do have a couple options. One is to make sure that you have nice, soft, silk pillowcases, which have been shown time and time again to improve skin and hair hydration and help prevent fine lines and wrinkles from being pressed into your face at night. You can also throw a pillow between your knees to help align your spine from that side sleeping position. I personally love sleeping on my side, but I sort of do a hybrid, so I'm kind of lying on my side, but I'm still facing up enough where my face is not really being pressed into the pillow. Now, if you're sleeping on your stomach, I would just try to stop. <laughs> now, number two, get enough quality sleep. Now, as a follow-up to the previous tip, I mean, you already know this, but getting enough good quality sleep every single night is super important. Great quality sleep is about as close as you can get to a true fountain of youth. Your deep sleep in particular really helps rebuild your body, boost collagen production, and will help prevent any bags from forming under your eyes. Now, if you aren't getting enough high-quality sleep, 
Here are a few things that you can try adding to your routine. One thing that you can try is try using any kind of white noise, gray noise. They even have pink noise now. Something that's going to help prevent noise-related sleep disruptions during nighttime sleeping. Another reminder is to try to keep your sleeping room cooler. Anywhere from 60 to 67 degrees Fahrenheit or about 15 to 19 degrees Celsius seem to work best for maximizing deep sleep. You can also take a hot shower before bed, and as your body cools off, that tends to promote drowsiness. Also try to minimize bright lights or blue light from electronics for the last hour before sleep. If you find yourself up working late, try to use blue light blocking glasses or have that nighttime mode filter turned on on your phone or computer. You also want to sleep in as dark of a room as possible. Now, that might mean using blackout curtains during the summertime or if you have a a bright street light outside. That might mean covering or removing lights in your room, etc. Lastly, try to stick to a regular sleeping routine. Our bodies love routine. And when you consistently wake up at the same time each and every day, your body knows how to optimize your recovery and your hormone release accordingly to maximize your benefit. Now, I have a couple episodes that I did specifically about optimizing the quality of your sleep. So feel free to find those if you want a further deep dive. I believe those are episodes 14 and 15. All right, tip number three, watch and be aware of your humidity levels. Now, humidity of the environment that you're living in can play a huge role when it comes to skin aging. Dry environments have a tendency to pull moisture out of your skin. If you're not sure whether or not your environment is humid, you can always check your weather app, at least in America, on your phone, and it should tell you the humidity of your area that you're living in. Otherwise, just about any temperature thermometer gauge that you buy has a relative humidity indicator on it, normally denoted as a capital R, H, and a percent sign. Now, certain more tropical climates and areas with higher amounts of rain are typically going to have higher levels of humidity. Based on my travel history, places like Seattle, Taiwan, Florida, uh, actually a lot of places on the East Coast and even the Southeast in general get pretty humid throughout the year. Whereas places like Arizona and Vegas, certain parts of California are typically much drier. Now, while you can't control the humidity of the environment that you live in, you can control the humidity of your own home, especially the room that you're sleeping in. You spend probably a good 8 to 10 hours a day in your bedroom between sleep and other bedroom activities, so that's a huge one. I recommend shooting for a relative humidity between 45 and 55%. If you go much below 40%, you're going to be drying out your skin, and if you maintain anything above a 65 or 70% relative humidity, It's going to be too damp, and while your skin may love you for it, over time you can actually encourage the growth of mold spores in certain parts of your house, which is not good to inhale. It's not good for your health. So to increase your humidity, if you are kind of low, of course you can just use a cool or warm humidifier, which you can buy online, but my personal favorite is actually to use a crock pot, especially during the winter months, because it acts both as a radiator heater and also has a great humidifier. Crock-pots are also super, super easy to clean because they're, you know, you just take off the lid, very, very easy to clean that basin 
instead of having to take apart some kind of complicated humidifier machine. Also, if you're adding any kind of essential oils like eucalyptus, it's much easier to clean that off the surface. Now, if you're trying to increase the relative humidity of your entire household, that's going to be a lot harder because there's just a lot more sheer volume of air to make more humid. But one way that you can do it, at least to start, is by having a large pot full of water on high on your stove in the kitchen. And this can help pump a lot more humidity into the air of your living spaces. Just be careful. Make sure you keep an eye on your stove and make sure that there's plenty of water in that pot. All right, tip number four is a follow-up to the last tip. And that's just a reminder to make sure you're drinking enough water. I'm not going to tell you exactly how much water to drink because it's greatly going to depend on the size of your body, the humidity of the environment that you live in, and whether or not you worked out that day, the type of workout that you did, the duration, the intensity are all very important. For example, an hour-long hard circuit training class or like a spin class is going to cause a lot more water loss than something like an arm day with weights in the gym. With that being said, in general, you should drink enough water so that you have to pee every few hours. And when you're peeing, you should be seeing like a light-colored or clear-colored urine. Keep in mind, though, if you just had some water-soluble vitamins like a multivitamin, a B-complex, or a sports energy drink, you may see your pee turn more of a yellow color for a couple hours until those vitamins work their way out of your system. All right, tip number five is you just want to make sure that you're eating and consuming enough healthy fat in your diet. Now, the structure of your skin membrane is made up of phospholipids, which are essentially fatty acids. So you want to make sure that you're eating enough healthy fats each and every day. Things like raw nuts are great. A little bit of extra virgin olive oil is great. Avocado is fantastic. Fish oil, krill oil, algae oil, flax seeds, hemp hearts. I mean, the list goes on. There's plenty of healthy sources of fat in your diet. If you are eating animal protein and getting in some animal fat, I would just make sure to keep that in moderation and also make sure that you're buying the highest quality meat and animal protein that you can afford comfortably. For example, higher quality eggs with orange yolks, grass-fed organic, wild, etc. Now for a complete breakdown of my take on wild and organic products, my last episode was just on that topic. So you can listen to that if you want more of a breakdown in a deep dive on organic products, wild fish, etc. All right, tip number six. Wear sunglasses. This is a big one, especially when it comes to protecting and preventing crow's feet from forming earlier than otherwise. Sunglasses help protect the skin around your eyes in three different ways. It, of course, protects the part of your skin from the sun, from direct sun exposure, which is good. But it also helps block the wind from hitting your skin and drying out that area around your eyes. And also, the third thing that it does is if you're not constantly being blinded by the sun reflecting off different surfaces, you won't have to be squinting. And that repetitive squinting motion with your eyes leads to that formation of that crow's feet. So sunglasses have the, the big triple threat of protection, which is awesome. Now, tip number seven is just be mindful of your sun exposure. You already know this. Sun exposure really leads to skin aging prematurely. So just be extra mindful of unprotected sun exposure, especially during the strongest parts of the day, 
depending on the time of year, it can be anywhere from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. So try to stay covered up when you can. Use physical protection. If you are going to the beach and you want to be in the sun, try to use a really good physical sunscreen and make sure you're reapplying it as much as you can. If you want to listen to a full deep dive on sunblock, sun protection, and my thoughts on the sun in general, that would be episode 28 of this podcast. All right, now for tip number eight, avoid repetitive motions. We touched on this earlier with sunglasses, which is super important to help prevent squinting. But that also means when you're just sitting around the house. If you have reading glasses and you need them to read smaller print, then use them as much as you can. Avoid having to squint all the time just to read small text. Try to minimize the use of straws to avoid that crease line from forming around your mouth. Now, if you're wearing something like lipstick and you're out and about, I get it. Using a straw can make things easier. And if you're trying to avoid staining your teeth, I get it too. You can, you know, use a straw to avoid uh, the stain that you might get from drinking iced tea or Cokes or iced coffee. But just be mindful of using a straw all the time. Now, if you are a regular smoker of cigarettes or anything of that nature, uh, that will also cause fine lines to form around your mouth and will also do plenty of extra damage to your skin. So if you can quit, I highly recommend you quit smoking. Now, when it comes to repetitive motions, one very common solution that people have been using for decades now to help relax overactive face muscles is Botox. I'm definitely not an expert when it comes to Botox or the various fillers and other treatments that are available at a professional skin center. I should honestly get a plastic surgeon or dermatologist on the show at some point to help give us the rundown on the different treatment options that are out there. But from what I've read, things like Botox are extremely well tolerated by most people and treatments tend to last between three to six months. Now, tip number nine is just to work out. Now, we all know working out is healthy for us, but when it comes to your skin, what are the main benefits? To me, the major benefits would be an improved hormonal profile because when you're working out, especially like an intense workout, you're going to be releasing a ton of growth hormones and other hormones that are beneficial for keeping you young. It's also going to help regulate your blood sugar levels and keeping those healthy and in check. Because we know high blood sugar levels can cause damage to your cells, especially your skin cells, over time. Working out also helps reduce stress, again, reducing your chronic cortisol levels in your body, which is also going to help improve your skin health. Lastly, when it comes to sweating from a workout, that actually acts as a purification process for your skin. It's going to be expelling dirt, bacteria, and waste products out of your pores, which would otherwise cause excessive oxidation and aging at the surface level of your skin. Just make sure that you shower after a workout to help prevent all that sweat and bacteria from being baked back onto your skin, which can actually have the opposite effect and clog your pores. And one more big benefit that I just thought of is actually increased blood flow. Because when you're working out, you're increasing your blood flow to all parts of your body, And more blood flow to your skin is always a good thing. It just means more nutrients being delivered and more waste products being taken away. Now, tip number 10 is just to eat healthy. Eat healthy to support your skin. The biggest thing is supplying your skin with all the nutrients that it needs to maintain a healthy and vibrant look. We already talked about eating enough healthy fats, but it goes beyond that. Eating lots of fresh vegetables and fruits 
help provide all the necessary antioxidants and phytochemicals to help neutralize free radicals at the skin level. And it also provides all the vitamins and nourishment for healthy skin growth. Oftentimes, when you see someone that's eating a lot of fruits and veggies, for example, vegans, raw vegans, oftentimes they have incredible skin, even when they're much older in age. I just saw this picture of Lenny Kravitz on a magazine cover、uh, about a month ago. And that guy, I mean, he's vegan and he's in his mid 50s, but he looks at least 15 to 20 years younger. It's incredible. Now, why I don't think it's necessary for you to eat vegan or a raw vegan diet, because that's way too extreme for most people, I do highly recommend eating as much of a whole food diet as possible. Try to minimize eating processed foods, products that are packed with excess sodium. You know, try to save those for those special occasions and try not to make it a regular thing. Also, try to keep added sugar and processed sugars to an absolute minimum. Because, as we talked about with blood sugar earlier, excess sugar in your diet that is not being burned by a workout tends to break down and age your skin prematurely. All right, tip number 11 is to make sure that you exfoliate. Now, most of you should know this already, but exfoliating is the process of removing that topmost layer of skin, which is normally a thin layer of dead or dried skin cells, which is going to help reveal that newer skin that's created beneath that. You can do either a physical exfoliation or a chemical exfoliation. Physical might mean using an exfoliating wash or some kind of thermal microbeads or a microdermabrasion tool. It might also mean using exfoliating gloves or some kind of exfoliating cloth. Now, using a chemical exfoliator would be something like an alpha hydroxy acid, AHA. Something a little bit stronger than that would be like a retinol or a retinoid product. A little bit stronger than that would be something like a prescription retinoid product like Retin A. And I think the strongest option that you would have for the chemical exfoliant would be something like a chemical peel, which you definitely want to be careful with. I also strongly recommend picking either or, choosing either a physical or a chemical exfoliation tool, as doing both at the same time can damage your skin and actually make you age faster. So be gentle. Help your skin replenish and rebuild, but don't damage it. Be aware of any redness or sensitivity and just try to be mindful of what your skin's telling you. You also want to keep your exfoliating to evening times only. And again, be very mindful of your sun exposure. Without that top layer of dead skin cells on your skin, your skin will look better and be healthier, but it's also going to be slightly more susceptible to sun and UV damage. All right, the last tip, tip number 12, is just to make sure that you're using great skincare products. I recommend keeping your skin well hydrated throughout the day with a great natural lotion, ideally something with some extra essential oils that you mix in for some extra hydration. My personal favorite oils to use are organic sweet almond oil or organic argan oil. But there are many to choose from. I will oftentimes even use a little bit of raspberry seed oil or carrot seed oil in my morning lotion to provide not only some extra hydration but also some natural UV protection. At night, I recommend using a solid night cream, preferably something that's a little bit thicker to help lock in moisture throughout the entire night. I personally use like a homemade night cream made with coconut oil and shea butter. And a host of other essential oils that I mix together. 
You can also do some micro needling with a derma roller at night once or twice a week to really help your skin absorb some of that night cream. And also as an extra way to boost collagen production at the skin level, just make sure that you're not using a micro needling roller after exfoliating because otherwise if you're not careful again you may do some damage to your skin so just be mindful and be gentle all right that's it for my 12 tips to help slow aging on your skin especially your face but for now we're going to roll into tomco tip 44 where i'm going to be talking about the importance of teaching and mentoring others so let's get into that right now here we go All right, on today's Tomko tip, I want to talk about the importance of teaching and mentoring. Now, in life, you're never going to know it all, and you're never going to feel fully comfortable with the knowledge that you have. But that doesn't mean that what you know isn't valuable. At some point in life, you have to stop being the student all the time and become the teacher. You may not have all the answers about a particular topic, but as long as you're further along in the journey than someone else is, you can provide valuable advice. I mean, that's why I have this podcast. Obviously, I don't know all there is to know about anti-aging and health. I am always learning and implementing new approaches, but that doesn't mean that I can't start talking about and sharing the knowledge and my views that I have right now. I'm also involved with multiple mentorship groups that help guide young adults and college students. Again, there is so much that I don't know, but when I compare my life awareness, my intelligence, my perspective now compared to 10 years ago, even 5 years ago, it is night and day. So with my mentor sessions, I just try to share things that I wish I would have known, things I wish someone would have told me years ago. Another benefit of teaching others is the reinforcement of knowledge. The ultimate level of learning material is when you can go out and teach that material to others. Anytime you're learning new material, normally first you're reading about it or talking to someone about it, maybe listening to a podcast or watching a video. The next level of learning is actually doing it, experiencing it firsthand. The last level of learning is teaching what you've learned to someone else. Then and only then do you truly understand something. And honestly, at the end of the day, one of the biggest secrets of living a good life is giving. So when you're able to help someone else, give advice or lend a hand, perhaps even a few words of encouragement, these things give you more fulfillment than almost anything else in life. So I encourage you to help teach others whenever those opportunities present themselves. I promise you know enough to help others. That's it for this episode, and until next time, thanks. Love you guys.